Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who love basketball, drinking beer, part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where you can get the latest on your favorite teams and what is happening around the NBA and NCAA. I'm your host, Connor Caldwell, and I'm joined by Dal Harmon. Dal, we are back, baby. We are back. How's it going, man? College basketball is back. We also have all 30 NBA teams are playing tonight. Just a wonderful, wonderful day for basketball. Absolutely. Football, get the heck out of here. No, really. I like what? football, but I am yeah. I am incredibly burnt out on football after my team went one and nine and then Kentucky's been struggling and the Bucks are struggling, but both of those teams gotta win this weekend, so I'm I'm happy there. But you know what? Basketball is back and that's all I care about now at this point. So we are going to talk a lot of basketball, obviously. And we have a lot in store for you. So we're not going to waste any more time. So we're going to get back into our favorite segment that we can't do in the off season, but we're in the regular season now and we are back and I'm ready for it. Shark tank upsets. Let's do this, Dal. What are you pitching today? So sharks, Connor. I <laughs> we need to get more people on this podcast. <laughs> it's sad when your shark tank only has one shark in it. Um, on Friday, so I know there's a bunch of games today, but honestly, the slate is a lot of kind of, I don't know, games where good team playing, not good team. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of games that are really fun, but my game is going to come from Friday, which is November the 11th. So 11, 11, it's always good, good juju there. And we have a rivalry in South Carolina where the Clemson Tigers are going to Columbia, take on the South Carolina Gamecocks. And this is especially exciting because P.J. Hall on Clemson last year was one of the better big men in the ACC. He played with like a foot injury pretty much the entire year. He should be back back fully healthy. And we get to see him matched up against reclass freshman Gigi Jackson. I think this is Gigi Jackson's coming out party. P.J. Hall and... Clemson have a bunch of a bunch of backward issues to kind of figure out with adding new players. They have the younger Hunter brother, Dylan Hunter, coming in as a freshman that will get some run alongside his older brother. You have a couple guys that transferred out, a couple guys transferred in. Um, this will really be a great battle of two two really good front courts. But I think Gigi Jackson kind of establishes himself as the player that many of us expect him to be uh, with this game. So that's my upset pick for the week. Um, so you're saying South Carolina is going to beat Clemson? Yes, correct. Yes, uh, I am keg on that for sure. Uh, I, I definitely had that actually when we were when I was making the document. I had that as our throwdown game, and I was going to say, yeah, South Carolina is going to beat Clemson. I think Gigi Jackson is really good. Um, we talked about him in the fantasy draft that we did last night. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, you know, like a, a, the comparison there is Anthony Edwards at Georgia. He's not on Anthony Edwards' level, obviously, and I don't think he's. The, you know, their game is obviously different, but that really elite talent with a kind of subpar team around him. But he's going to be able to carry that team through a couple of wins, and I think this is one of those wins. It's going to be really fun. If you're a Gamecock fan, you're going to be super excited, and then you're going to realize, wow, we have to play in the SEC for the rest of the season. This is going to suck. So. Enjoy yeah. the win while you can now for against exactly. Clemson. Yeah, in state rival, nice. you know, in state rivals there too. That's a that's a good that's a good thing for them too. So 
Yeah. No, I, I got a keg on that for sure. Woo. All right. So uh, there was a lot of games that I could have picked because despite the slate being so weak looking there, I think there's a lot of good upsets that could be here this week. Um, I went with one that probably doesn't seem like who cares. You know, you probably think who cares about this game, but I went with it because it should be an actual upset. It, it's a pretty close, um, pretty close spread there. Um, well, not, the spread's far, and that's why I think it's going to be a good upset for you. So, Oral Roberts is playing uh, St. Mary's tonight. This is Monday as we're recording. St. Mary's tonight. St. Mary's lost two double digits averaging scores in Matthias Tass and Tommy Coos. Um, Oral Roberts, uh, Oral Roberts is returning 90% of its production from last year. They finished 36th in adjusted tempo last year, and they added Patrick Mwamba from VMI, and they added Connor Vanover from Arkansas, um, to help out with the defense because that's what they struggled with the most last year was defense for Oral Roberts. Uh, so factor in the fact that they boosted their defense and St. Mary's lost to double digit scorers, um, and the spread is set at eight and a half. Uh, so that just seems fishy when the spread's that big um, for two teams that really aren't that great overall. Uh, so, but again, the biggest number that, that sticks out to me is Oral Roberts returning 90% of its production from last year. So, and the fact that they were 36 in the, in the nation in adjusted tempo. Plus there's one name that you need to know for this game. His name's Max Asmus. You know, he's, he's a very good, good player. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I have Oral Roberts, um, I have Oral Roberts winning, uh, you know, if they don't win, they're at least going to cover. So it's going to, they're going to win, you know, they're going to be under the 8.5 spread there. This is, this is at St. Mary's, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I like this. I think that it's cool. Cause this is a strength on strength matchup. Um, you got, or Roberts, their defense is horrendous. Their offense is really good, and that's kind of St. Mary's is the opposite, where they normally have a pretty efficient offense, but they're really built on their defense. So it'd be cool to see Max Asmus go up, go up against that. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll buy. I'll buy a six pack on this one. Uh, it's Ken Palm has Or Roberts' defense projected to be 249th in the country. Uh, which is bad. really bad. <laughs> so this is going to be tough, especially if this was at like a neutral site or um, in Tulsa, I think I would be way more in on it. But it being at St. Mary's, um, yeah, I'll go six pack. I could see it happening. And it'd be really okay. cool if it happened because it means probably Max Aismas went off for like 35, 40 points. Exactly. And he's very capable of doing that. Very. I mean, he averages like 22 points. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Definitely. Not even that far. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go six-pack. I like it. All right, I'll take it. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different games. We talked about this last night. I would have not put the Bucks to win last night. So, you know, I would have lost money and not getting $200 in free bets because, 
you know, Brady did what he had to do. He had to divorce his wife to turn the season around. So he did it. There we go. Uh, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use coma, promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Dal, it's time for the beer review. And this is an in-season beer review, so we know it's going to be even better. The beer is going to taste better because basketball's back, season's back. Let's go. What are you drinking today? Um, let me go grab it. You can start. Okay. I am drinking, and I drank it on the fantasy basketball, college basketball draft uh, episode that we did last night. This is Monday that we're recording. But I didn't actually review it, so here's my review of it. And I'm going to open up and get another sip just to make sure it's fresh on the taste buds here. Uh, but this is the sunfish sea. It's uh, it's sunfish. Uh, what's it called? Um, ale with natural peach and grapefruit flavors added. Um, it's by it's brewed in Florida here. It's sea dog brewing, but sea dog brewing is also in Portland, Maine, Rochester, New York. And then, like I said, in Sierra in Orlando and you know, the Tampa area, there's a restaurant over here in, in the Tampa area. Uh, this was really good. It's 4.6% ABV, 10 IBUs. It's a light-bodied wheat ale with fragrant peach essence and clean, refreshing grapefruit finish. So it was really good when I drank it last night. I drank a couple along with some Mick Ultras just to get the keep the buzz going in the Fantasy Basketball Podcast episode that we did. That was super fun. Um, my comparison is Miami U. Basketball, not football, because the football team just horrendous the other day against FSU. So they're not gonna make a bowl game. No, they're terrible, terrible, terrible. But the the U basketball, this this is that good, and it's orange, and it's delicious. And you know what, basketball, Miami basketball is really good this year. Potential Final Four team. So yeah, I'm taking this all the way to the Final Four. Let's go, Sunfish. Uh, that's my comparison. I'm gonna keep drinking this. I. So you went with the orange side of Miami. I'm going <laughs> with the green side, and I'm going with the classic. You want Stella? Stella Artois. Uh, this also might be because I'm cat sitting for a friend, so I'm at her house and didn't bring a beer. But going with the classic for for week one, um, always a great beer. Probably better on tap than it is in bottles. Um, but it's uh, it's Belgian for sure. Well, it's, it's supposed to be Belgian, but it's brewed in St. Louis, so yeah, not a Belgian. Whatever. <laughs> it's a little skunky for me. I never got into Stella Artois. See, that's how I feel about Heineken's. Yeah, I don't. I hate Heineken though. Like, I, I take a Stella over a Heineken. Um, yes. So we had a party back in for my buddy's birthday, and we hosted it here. And someone brought like a twenty-four pack of Heineken, drank two of them, and then left the rest. It's like I couldn't get rid of them. Like, I just ended up like. I ended up trying to sneak him away and somebody else as they leave and they just didn't disappear. Finally, he was like, Oh, I'm going to a tailgate. I'm like, take those Heinekens and just give them away. I don't care. Like they're just taking up space in my beer fridge. So get them out of here. Uh, but that's the beer review for today. Uh, we'll make sure to have some, some more beers as we come up in the upcoming weeks. But if you have a suggestion of what we should try, let us know in the comments, text us, 
Twitter us, whatever. Uh, we we would love to review a beer that you love to drink um, on the podcast. And if you want to come in on the podcast and re- uh, review a beer, we'd love to have you for a beer review. But if your basketball knowledge is bad, we're going to ask you to leave after the beer review. So <laughs> I have a cider also that I have my eye on to to try soon uh, that I have been meaning to to get. So I'm excited for that. I'm, I might get a cider and have my wife on the podcast because she always complains that we don't do stuff together. So we'll do that. We'll, we'll see if I could get her on the podcast as go. well. There yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, it's time for the throwdown games. I've also looked forward to this segment in the off season and we're here to talk about it. So starting with Monday, let's talk about, it. let's take this first matchup here that I have listed Tulsa versus Oregon state. What do you think about this game? Um, I think Oregon State starts supposed to be supposed to be pretty solid. Um, this one, it should be a close game, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Beavers just because you cannot say the word Beavers. Uh, Beaver, I hardly game. know her. Ooh, I didn't know <laughs> that. Yes. Now Ken Palm has this game 72-71 win for Tulsa. Uh, I'm going to go with Tulsa just to just to go different from you, but also I like their their mascot, the Golden Hurricane. So um, this is a good mascot matchup. Yeah, it, it is pretty good, pretty good color combination. Probably good uniform matchup. So um, yeah, I'm going to go with Tulsa here. Another game tonight to watch. This should be a fun one. Is Pennsylvania versus Iona? Ken Palm has this Iona winning 77 to 70. It should be a fun matchup, though. Um, Ken Palm's really high on Iona this year, and it's no coincidence. You know why they're high on Iona. Why is it, Dell? Because their offense is a 15 seconds or less offense. Well, that, but also, who's their head coach, baby? No, that was that was the joke, because <laughs> he only can go for 15 seconds. Uh, it is one Rick Pitino, who yes. somehow had two scandals under him at Louisville and has not didn't get punished at all for either of them. Evaded both of them. Questionable. Um, I think Iona wins this one. Princeton is the the main team to watch for in the Ivy League, I think. Um, But yeah, I'll go. I'll go Iona on this one. Yeah, I have Iona as well. Um, Like I said, Ken Palm predicted Iona to win seventy seven seventy. I think it might be closer than that. I think it might be like a two or three point game. Maybe it's seventy-seven, seventy, with where it's three points, and then there's a couple fouls to kind of spread that that score a little bit. But yeah, the biggest game of the night, I saved it best for last. Memphis versus Vandy, uh, the in-state rivals here. I'm going comms on this one. I'm, I think I think Vanderbilt can pull off this upset. I'm not high on Memphis this year, and uh, you know what? You know, Ken Palm has it. Memphis winning by one point, seventy-two, seventy-one. What do you think, Dal? I'm going to go Memphis. I think they have the best player in this game in Kendrick Davis. So I'm going to have him bringing them to a lead. Plus, like, we like to kind of give Penny a hard time, but they were actually really good down the stretch. So I expect them to kind of come out and, and take this game. Yes, they, they were good down the stretch. They played a really tough game in the second round against Gonzaga. So uh, hats off to the Tigers there. Um, I will say, and we talked about GG. And as somebody said that Gigi's the next uh, Imani Bates. No, the next Imani Bates is Mikey Williams. And I said this on the Fantasy Basketball episode, if you didn't listen. But Mikey Williams, the most highly touted recruit by overtime, like forever, 
Like we've been hearing about him for like five years. I feel like they just, they, yeah. he's known as Mikey. That's how good he is. Um, but I think he's going to get the Imani treatment where his game is not going to translate to the college level. And it's because of one Penny Hardaway as his coach. Uh, so we shall see, but I mean, at least he's not playing him out of position, hopefully. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Memphis and Vandy. So Tuesday night, there wasn't a whole lot of good games going on Tuesday, but I put one on here anyways. It's Mercer versus East Carolina. Dow, what do you think about this game? Yeah, so East, ECU lost a lot in the um, in the transfer portal. Tristan Newton left. Uh, that was big, big loss. But I... I feel like ECU kind of has to win this game if they want to, like, compete at all. So, I'll go ECU. Yeah, uh, I have Mercer winning. Oh, well, and so does Ken Palm, uh, 70 to 68. I just think when you lose a lot, Mercer didn't lose a lot, but they just continue to kind of keep the same people. Um, East Carolina lost a lot. So, the fact that um, that they lost a lot and it's just going to take some time for those players to gel, the new guys to gel together. I think I'm. I think I'm going to take Mercer in this game one matchup. So I'm going with that and Wednesday. Wait, that a, Wednesday. Yeah, I think I'm going to flip. I was just looking just to see like what some of the guys on ESPN had in terms of predicting the American Athletic Conference standings. Mm-hmm. East use at the bottom. I'm going to flip and go Mercer. There you go. There you go. You're on the winning side, baby. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday we have uh Bellarmine versus U of L. And here this is a this is like whatever. Like it's a this is the only game that I, I thought was worthy of putting on for throwdown. This but is definitely worth it. In I, in in city, like inner city yeah. rivalry. Yes. And and there's a there's a lot of talk who's the best team in the five oh two. And it, I don't think it's Louisville. I think Bellarmine's a better team at this point, as it stands right now. But we'll see. Um, but uh, Ken, Ken Palm has UofL winning 75-62. I think Bellarmine's going to win outright probably by three, four. What do you think? Unless unless UofL found a point guard in the last two weeks, which I'm pretty sure they did not. I no. don't have any high hopes at all for them to win this game. I think UofL's best basketball is ahead of them at the end of the season when they find somebody that can – just bring the ball up the court. But for right now, it's going to be a struggle. And, you know, I feel bad for Kenny Payne because I like the guy, but, man, that sucks for him. So, uh, but, yeah, the Knights Knights are taking this game. Uh, Thursday, I didn't even think – there wasn't even a game that I thought was worth putting on there. Do you, did you see any games or anything that you thought it was interesting for Thursday? No, I mean, it's, it is kind of tough um, because we have a lot of games this weekend – that uh, that are happening, and you obviously have a, like essentially every team playing on Monday. So yeah. I think Thursday is kind of a, a lull. No, I agree with that. So Friday, there's a whole bunch of games that we could talk about here. So the first one, the biggest one, the thrill score is the highest on Ken Palm. Michigan State versus Gonzaga. Ken Palm has Gonzags winning 82-75. Let's talk about it. Is this going to be a game? Is it going to be good at all? Or is it just going to be hype because it's two bigger names? I think it's a game for about 30 minutes, and then Gonzaga kind of runs away with it. Um, Agreed. This is play, This is a neutral site game, by the way. It's played in San Diego. So This, this is also – they both have, like, camo – digital camo jerseys or something for it, right? They, yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's some sort of 
link with the the Navy stuff that they have in San Diego. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Gonzaga pulls away with it. Maybe like final quarter. Um, 82 75 seems about right. Maybe like 80 to 71, something like that kind of kind of deal. It would be incredible for us if for Kentucky fans, if Michigan State end up winning this game. We play both yeah. of these teams, so it's gonna be something something for Kentucky fans to watch. But as for me as a Kentucky fan, I would love for it to for Michigan State to win because then that just became a quality win for or quality game with a potential quality win for Kentucky this upcoming week. So uh but yeah, I'm gonna go with Gonzaga here. I like that score there. I probably could say I'll, I'll, I'll make it a little bit closer, like 80 to 77. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, though. So let's talk about Stanford versus Wisconsin. What do you think of this te- this matchup here um, that's playing in Milwaukee? Two kind of weird teams. The fact that it's in Milwaukee is an interesting kind of wrinkle. Um, I think Harrison Ingram is probably the best player in this matchup, um, the wing for Stanford. Yeah, I'll go no, Stanford by like one or two. Yeah, so Kim has Wisconsin win in seventy sixty eight. We've talked about Wisconsin before in the off season. I'm gonna go Stanford just because of what I know about Wisconsin, and what I know is that they lost a lot, and it's gonna be it's gonna take some time to replace and get that chemistry back, like we talked about. So uh, I'm going with I'm going with Stanford here as well. Um, I'll take Stanford by three. Next game is West Virginia versus Pitt. Ken Palm has Pitt winning 70 to 69. I'm going opposite. I'm going West Virginia. What do you think? Yeah, I think Jose Perez, the Manhattan transfer, this is kind of his like welcome to the big show, kind of welcome to Power Five basketball. Yeah. Um, cool that they're playing the backyard brawl as the first game. Uh, yeah. Just I don't like know football. if it's the backyard brawl in basketball. Uh, yeah. But the basketball version of the backyard brawl. Definitely. Uh, Really wish I was in the in the stands for when they play Sweet Caroline, so that I could go eat shit pit. Which is yes. what uh, that's electric stuff. It is. Um, yeah, I'll go West Virginia by a couple. Yeah, I, I have West Virginia win this as well by like four, I think. Um, but probably, obviously, you know, we're we're putting all these predictions here, and the beers and buckets curse is very real. And we're gonna it's gonna be flipped at least for opening night. But uh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, Florida State versus Central Florida. Ken Palm has UCF winning 72-71. to 71. I have UCF winning by 10. I think it's not even going to be close. Uh, go Knights. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. I feel like that these teams are both... Like, kind of even in their conferences, but the ACC is just better than the American. Mm-hmm. So I'll go Florida State by 6 or 7. I like it. I, I like it. Baba Miller. I mentioned this on the fantasy draft podcast, but Baba Miller not getting to play because someone paid for his flight over to a camp when he was in high school, and then they repaid it, and he still isn't able to play until like Stupid. January is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Overall, just bad, especially with some of the other stuff that's happened last year, especially in college basketball. So but yeah. Okay, Villanova versus Temple. This was almost my Shark Tank upset, and it has highly as we are with Villanova. A, Cam Whitmore is coming off the injury, so I don't know how how much they're going to be playing him. 
be Kyle Neptune's first game. Well, first game as a Villanova head coach. Right. It's going to take some time. Um, and then also, this the, it's a close score on, and the spread is pretty close too. Ken Palm has Nova winning seventy four sixty eight. I just, it, but it's at Temple. That's a big thing too. Um, I, I'm actually going to go Temple here, but um, I wasn't confident enough in it to sell you on it in our Shark Tank upsets. If that makes sense. Yeah, this John is going to be crazy. Um, <laughs> I really actually don't think Temple being at home for Temple is that crazy. Like, is that big of a a benefit just because it is like an inner city uh, yeah. matchup? Yeah, I still think Villanova comes out on top with this. Uh, Temple is projected to finish kind of like fifth, sixth in the in the American, whereas Villanova is one or two in the in the Big East. So. I'm going to go Villanova here. This also, like, not saying that this is a must win for Villanova, but it's losses like this that drop you down a seed line later on, even though Temple's not actually that good for a team like this isn't in a power conference, even though the Big East, I guess, kind of is. Um, like, I don't know, just these games are the games you kind of have to win to be able to get a one or a two seed, which I'm sure is Villanova's goal this year. So I'm going to know that. And then the last one I've listed, but we could talk about a couple more because we have the time. Georgia versus Wake. I have Wake winning. Ken Palm has Wake winning. I would be flabbergasted if you didn't have Wake winning. But let's talk about this game for a second, though. Of course. (laughs) Uh, I'm really sad. So Wake, very new team. They lost Alonis Williams and Jake Laravia. Both got drafted in the NBA draft. Those are two transfers they brought in. Brought in a bunch of transfers now to kind of augment the talent they have returning. Lost also a couple of big men um, just to graduation. So a really new look Wake Forest team. They're going to be hopefully a lot more up-tempo, shoot a lot more threes. Demari Monsanto is someone that should be – I mean, he should shoot six, seven threes a game. He's going to be pulling like crazy. Um, he also apparently has slimmed down a lot. Jawatuka is a guy they got from Marist, who is apparently supposed to still be hurt and won't be back um, for this game, unfortunately. But Andrew Carr is definitely someone to watch here. Super efficient. Uh, I think sophomore. I think he played two years at Delaware. Um, super efficient person to watch here. I think he's going to be a big-time player. They also brought in uh, Bobby Clipman from, I think he's from Finland. He's from somewhere in Scandinavia as a recruit, and he has kind of been up and down uh, in the offseason. But Wake had a couple good wins. They, I think they beat Ohio State in one of those like secret scrimmages that didn't yeah. happen that does happen, uh, which, I mean, that's a fringe top 25 team. So I'm, I'm really high on Wake this year, both biased from a biased perspective and <laughs> – just like kind of like looking at it non-bias wise. Yeah. Uh, so I think they win, especially it's at Wake. I think they win by like 10. Well, yeah, no, I, I think Wake's going to win comfortably in this game. Uh, I put it on here just for craps and giggles, but Thanks. I don't want people to sleep on Georgia that much. I do like Mike White. I don't think he's a great coach, but I think he's a good guy. And he did a great job job in the transfer portal. He got, um, Justin Hill from Longwood, who is a double-digit scorer, averaging scorer. Terry Roberts from Bradley, 
double-digit averaging score. Mardrez um, McBride, double-digit averaging score. So, like, he, he hit the portal well. Um, and then also he got uh, Kyron Lindsay. He's a four-star player coming out there. So, you know, like, I think Mike White's going to do a good job at Georgia. I think if he consistently gets them to, like, you know, like, seventh or eighth range in the SEC, you know, buying a spot for the tournament year by year, he will live like a king there in Athens. So, um, I, you know, like he doesn't have to be, you know, this like Florida, the expectation was too high. And that's what happens when you, you know, merely tw- tw- 15 years ago, won back-to-back championships. Uh, you know, he just wasn't performing that well there, but you know, it doesn't, it's okay. He's, he could live comfortably for the rest of his college coaching career at Georgia and they will be happy with him. So um, I don't want people sleeping on him just yet, but this is the first year with his, with this Georgia program. Steve Forbes is on what year f- three, four now. What year is Forbes at, at wake now? Three. three. The ball is rolling for Forbes where the, the momentum is just getting started for Georgia. So give me, give me wake in this. I'm going to say by 12. Uh, so I'll even, I'll even be a bigger homer than you and say they win by 12. So there you go. Saturday, St. Peter's versus Seton Hall. It's not even going to be a close game, I don't think, but I put it on there for the storyline. And what's the storyline? <laughs> this is ridiculous that they play each other first game. Uh, <laughs> you have the coach for St. Peter's going to play uh, to coach at Seton Hall, his alma mater. He stole a couple players from St. Peter's when he like went over there. Um, this is wild that they play first game. Yeah, first week. Well, probably not first game, but first week. Uh, yeah, I would assume Seton Hall wins this pretty pretty easily. Yeah, Ken Palm has Seton Hall winning seventy four fifty eight. I yeah. like Shaheen yeah. Holloway. This is the Shaheen Holloway matchup. So let's go. Uh, I wonder, like, if Decky Vitel gets a uh, gets a shout out here because of the you know because he's a Seton Hall alma, alma mater. But we'll see in that game. And yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna have Seton Hall winning by probably 15, uh, but we should be good there. And then the last game that I thought that I put from Saturday that feel like is noteworthy is Georgia Tech versus Georgia State. And you're like, wow, these sound like incredibly boring matchup. No, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so bad, it's awesome. But Georgia State is consistently in the tournament. Um, yep. Georgia Tech is not consistently in the tournament. So Ken Palm has Georgia Tech 71-68. I have Georgia State winning by six. What do you think, Dal? I think Georgia Tech pulls it out um, just like by a hair. The Georgia State is projected to finish fifth in the Sun Belt, which you got one preseason vote, it looks like, um, in terms of the coaches' poll. I'm also looking at the, the preseason first team, 17 13 here. And they don't have a single person listed. I feel like that for a team to get this kind of upset against even a team that isn't overly great like Georgia Tech, you just got to have that one guy that can go off. And if mm-hmm. they don't have anyone that's even going to be – that's even on the preseason, uh, like first, second, third team, that just makes me not super confident in them winning. So I'll go I'll go rambling wreck here. There you go. Um, okay, so let's talk about now that we've had enough time and we've talked about all the games. Let's talk about our fantasy basketball draft teams uh, because we're going to keep more track of it this year. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm really excited for my team. Dal, tell me about your team. What do you like? What do you dislike? Who would you have rather gotten? Who's one player that somebody else drafted besides the number one pick that you would have rather gotten? Let me hear it. So I did mine. I know they're a couple of like different approaches. I didn't mind just kind of, especially after the first couple, just building a team that I would like to watch. Um, so I ended up, I was very, very excited that I was able to get uh, Mike Miles, who I think is the big 12 player of the year. I think I ended up getting three people that will win their conference player of the year, which I'm super pumped about. Well, three major conference. I think I also have two guys that will win player of the year in their like smaller conferences. Um, so my team is Mike Miles, Baylor Shireman, who has already had a couple of highlights passing wise and is an incredible shooter. Cam Whitmore coming off an injury, who's also a great shooter. Deron Holmes, who I'm super high on at Dayton. He is power forward. In my opinion, the best, and I know that I kind of am co-opting this from Sam Vestini because he is the one that I first heard say this, but he's the best blocker of jump shots in like a very long time. Yeah. He's, he's obviously great defensively, but that specific skill of jumping or blocking people that are shooting jump shots is is super impressive from him. And then Hunter Dickinson is my pick for Big Ten player of the year. I was able to get him along with Hunter Maldonado. I'm just realizing that I got two hunters on the team, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, but no, I I'm super excited about my team. Have a bunch of a bunch of older guys paired with one super elite freshman who is apparently better than Victor Mbanyama, according to Connor. <laughs> not what I said. You're just you're just skewing my words. Is I'm just saying the, the narrative at this point is way more funny. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, I feel like that we were the two people that came away the best in that draft. So yeah, like Mike, Matt, Bradley. If you're listening to this, which I hope you are, but if you're listening to this, Dal and I cleared we by miles. Him. You know the Willie Collie Stein miles. Dunk? You know the Willie Collie Stein done where he literally ended the guy's career for Cincinnati. <laughs> that's that's us. Yeah, and and it's no coincidence. And we said this. We said this like off camera. It's no coincidence that that the two guys that host a entire college basketball show knew more college basketball than the guys that focus on one team only. So uh, we cleared by miles. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't listen to the episode, my team is Keontae George, Isaiah Wong, Kaysen Wallace, Tracy Jackson, Davis, Drew Timmy and Derek Lively. Let me of note, Kaysen Wallace was taken in the fifth round. Derek Lively was taken in the sixth round. A lot of people are not high on Derek Lively. I don't know why, Maybe it's because he's getting drafted off potential this year, but he's still probably one of the best defensive players, at least the most, one of the best shot blockers in college basketball this year, I would put, I would venture to say. And that's the kind of person I wanted to take with my six man. So I'm glad I got him. Uh, Tracy Jackson Davis dropping to like what the third round, I think is when I got him is just crazy to me. A lot of people are not high on him, but yeah. The fact that I got Keontae George in the second round was crazy. I thought for sure you were taking Keontae. You got Isaiah Wong. You got Isaiah Wong as the second person from Miami that was taken. I know that's crazy. Most shocking thing. Yeah, yeah. We we thank Bradley for being a terrible picker and just doing it for for pure content. I, I believe at this point, but the fact that Antonio Reeves was taken in the first round is insane because. On the my draft process was I'm just gonna I'm not gonna do draft board I'm gonna pull up the CBS 101 players and go from who I like on that list and the fact that 
freaking Antonio Reeves wasn't even on that list, is, which is crazy to me. But also the fact that he was taken in the first in the first round and he's not even on that list is insane. Um, so my uh, yeah. can I raise one issue with your team? Yeah, no, the, I don't have a pure ball. ball it's, game it's the it's the pure point guard that you're missing. Kaysen Wallace will be a pure point guard when he gets to the next level. But we're not drafting for next level. We're drafting for now. Yeah, Is but he still, wasn't a pure point guard this past year. Let, but then he yeah, also set he, the assist record for a freshman for for Kentucky. So, like yeah, in one single game, in in a single game, exactly. So. A single game assist record, but still, that's my point. Is like this is not the first time that Cal's taken a point guard and made them a combo guard, and so Casey Wallace can be the the ball handler there. Isaiah Wong could be the ball handler there that's, too. It's, they're just it's just they both are more adept off ball, is my thing. But yes, that's, yes, that's you still you still are the clear number two in terms of drafts. No. I disagree just because I got Drew Timmy on my team and you don't, but, and also fair point to all the Kentucky fans. This is my last call. Now we're moving on to the last call. Fair point to Kentucky fans um, that you need to take into consideration. You know, do you know the last time the national player of the year went back to back as the national player of the year, the, the very next year. Was it Ralph Sampson? It was Ralph Sampson. He went back to back to back. Ralph Sampson was playing in the 80s, my guys. So it's okay when people don't have Oscar Sheway as projected player of the year, preseason player of the year, because it's very hard to do. And also, there's been multiple. It's not like it's not like the player of the year, like they, they win it and then they leave. This is, it's not like this is the Oscar Sheway's first time since Ralph Sampson to do that. Players of, player of the years have returned and come back and not win it. That's the whole thing. That's all, why a lot of people are picking Drew Timmy to win it. Um, yeah. I would obviously love to see Oscar Sheway win player of the year. And I think he very well could because now he's not playing for to average double, you know, 20 point or 20 rebounds a, a night like he was playing last year. He's actually winning for number nine this year. Not that or playing for number nine this year. Not that he wasn't last year, but his goal is literally he doesn't care about stats. He's playing for number nine, and when you're playing for when you're playing for a title like that, man, that guy was so motivated to get 20 rebounds that he got 17. He should be really dang close to winning number nine this year. So um, that's my last call, UK fans. I know I put out there, you know, it was mostly joking about the racism thing. It's not racist at all. They're just picking because Drew Timmy is a good basketball player, and it's okay to pick somebody else besides Oscar Sheway in the returning player of the year to win player of the year. It is not. Okay. Also, Ralph Sampson is a weird-looking human being. Yes, he is. <laughs> that man is. That man is long. Anyways, uh, my last call is just a PSA, and I'm sure it will be something that we mention a lot over the next however many weeks we have of college basketball until April. But it is to always keep in mind: small sample sizes do not extrapolate to be able to establish trends. So if your team comes out and one game randomly shoots 55% from three, they're probably not going to shoot 55% from three for the rest of the year. But if they shoot 15% from three and lose to a team they shouldn't, your season isn't over. So just keep small sample sizes in mind as you begin to analyze teams, 
begin to try and, you know, establish the hierarchy that we have in the sport because it's a pretty random sport. And even at the end of the season, we're still dealing with small sample sizes, but especially in the first week. So just keep that in mind. Make sure that you're not coming down too hard in terms of stances one way or another because things could very easily change. Yeah. Um, Another little teaser last call here is also week one of college basketball might seem pretty bland because there's not good matchups, but basketball is back. So just enjoy that. doesn't matter who you play. Basketball is very good. Basketball is fun. Ball goes in hoop. Hoop is very fun to watch ball go through. So. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> All right. This has been the first week, first episode of Beers and Buckets in the second season of Beers and Buckets. So it's been really fun. Make sure you like, share, subscribe uh, this episode. Go on Instagram and TikTok. Follow us at Beers and Buckets Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And again, leave a review. We want to give a shout out to the NBA Beat. Go follow them on the NBA Beat on Twitter. They gave an incredible review for us on Apple Podcasts. So when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I will shout you out. So shout out to Lance and Aaron there at the NBA Beat. Uh, Go listen to their podcast as well. We're going to leave a review for them. It's going to be great. Um, Check out the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter for more shows like this one. And like always, this has been The Bottom Line because Connor said so. You guys have a fantastic week. Enjoy basketball. We'll see you next week. Peace.